Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ah, yes, it's Kenny and Carlin going up on a Tuesday on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Get at us on the Twitter at Chris Carlin and at Chris Canny 99 And big fella, we got the NBA Finals tipping off on Thursday, but we also got a big basketball game coming up tomorrow afternoon. That would be the two-on-two challenge between our two shows on the ESPN Radio Network. That would be Keyshawn and Jay Will from KJM, as well as Barton Hahn. And for more on the two-on-two challenge and all things basketball, we have to bring in the host of Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio, one Alan Hahn. And Alan, I'll say this, the most offensive thing, well, I'm going to start this way. The second most offensive thing that happened to me this weekend was somebody having the audacity to serve me spaghetti and rigatoni at a barbecue during Memorial Day weekend. The most offensive thing that happened to me this weekend was you guys tagging me in the Barton Hahn against everybody hype video. And as a former teammate of yours, to you, for you to imply that I don't support you, I took offense to that. So I want to give you the floor and give you an opportunity to defend yourself because I'm appalled. I mean, we have it on record that you were, I mean, you and, and your co-hosts, by the way, you mm-hmm. spent time with Paul Carlin. Mm-hmm. You guys have history. You practically family. Candy, I mean, we are family. Yes. And, uh, you know, we can't get, we, we get no support. Nothing. We get, we get, you know, and by the way, Chris, check your phone. I just texted you a little picture. Um, it's it's I, not I, another we're, video, we're both, is we're it? We're both stunned. <laughs> it's, not, it's not video. It, it's, it's, we, we get no support from people that we consider family. How are we supposed to feel? How are we supposed to feel? Where I heard in the video, which we put out there, you talking about how we have no shot and how pathetic we are and how you're supporting and rooting for a front-running morning show that, as we know, gets all the attention, all the love. You guys, the afternoon show, we're the midday show. We don't get the kind of love and budget that they do, and you're going to back them? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's not only hurtful, it almost reveals a lot about both of your characters. More than I wanted to know. We have just turned this around on us. I have so many questions. It's, it's, I mean, I almost don't know where to start. First of all, Alan, uh, recap for me what your career numbers at CW Post were when you played basketball there. Well, I played 11 games because I tore my ACL twice. Right. And And back then they didn't know how to fix ACLs. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, that was yeah. The only person that that survived that was Bernard King. <laughs> back then, that, that's a fact. Right, it's a fact. I mean, we. The, you guys want to hear a, a scary true story? The, sure. The first, the first orthopedist I had when I, I, because I had torn the meniscus and had a partial tear of the ACL, told my coach, and I quote, "He's better off just playing with it." Wow! Wow! So, that's scary. So that's what they did. Yeah. 
so I tried to play with it, and guess what? You wouldn't believe what would happen in four weeks. Four weeks later, what do you think happened? I think you tore yeah, your ACL. Huh, completely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's All right, so uh, 11 right? games. Uh, uh, give me some numbers. Uh, average just slightly under four points a game. Okay, yeah. Boards. There was there was a there was a yeah not not great not great <laughs> okay. um, but there was a time that I was ranked in the nation in block shots per game at, at one one brief time then <laughs> because that you blocked away. a shot in but, the first game no see now you know that that's that's not necessary I, I can't <laughs> confirm or deny that but all right. By the way, in case fans don't know, uh, we're talking to Alan Hahn. A lot of people, you've heard of Jesus of Coney Island. This is Bobon of Smithtown, and we appreciate <laughs> him joining us right now as he gets ready for tomorrow uh, in the big two-on-two. He and Bart Scott against Keyshawn and Jay Will. Here's the other, the other uh, aspect. Bart, uh, Bart and Hahn against everybody. Make <laughs> wow. that clear. We understand. Yes. Uh, we, Chris and I everybody. are calling the play-by-play of this, and we promise to keep it right down the middle. We will not be biased. Oh, sure. we, yeah. we, why do no. we have reason to be biased against you guys? We, we have no reason to be biased against you. But I do want to know this. Could and by the way. Uh, by the way, we were not. All I said in this little get together, by the way, was that I hope nobody gets, nobody dies, which I think is a very fair that, thing that, to hope. <laughs> <laughs> and that includes yeah, everybody. That's a nice thing, but I think, yeah, okay. it, it, that whatever, includes whatever me. Your narrative, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever your narrative is. Well, luckily it's not 97 degrees on the pier like it was today. I don't believe it'll be that tomorrow. Otherwise, I would worry about both of you. All right. Well, that's the thing. But let me ask you this question. I have yeah. found out over the last few weeks, I was in the seaport. You showed when I said, you know, when I mentioned the game, you immediately broke out your phone and showed me a video yeah. of you dunking. Then the guys yeah. on Sports Center. Uh, did their thing to help preview the game, and I was told by Randy uh, Scott on front on Friday that you mm-hmm. tracked down his cell phone number and sent him a video of you playing and and asking the question. Still think I can't get this done? <laughs> Is this accurate? All right, that's a fabric. That's a fabrication. He was <laughs> doing a radio show with one of my. Well, the very few good friends I apparently have at the network named Mike Wells. And Wellsy was texting me something. And I said, hey, by the way, let your boy know about me because Wellsy knows about me. We have history. Uh And he was like, oh, for sure. And I go, hey, by the way, I was at the gym. Show him this and ask him if he still if he still has doubts. And his response was he sent it to Randy. I didn't. And they were doing a show together. And then the response came back that Randy said he now has to rethink his prediction. Wow. That's all I was looking for. Just, yeah. just, you know, just an understanding that I might be, you know, just the guy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm average Joe. You know, everybody else is global, Jim. I get it. But, you know, I just, just, I'm just letting everybody know. Like, it's not like I'm like, you know, this 5'8 guy that's never played basketball before. Like, I do have a little bit of ability still left in these old bones, and hopefully I'll have the opportunity to show it. Yeah, you got a little street cred when it comes to basketball, and we're talking to Alan Hahn, host of Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio. And, Alan, we got the NBA Finals tipping off on Thursday. A lot of storylines around this Celtics-Warriors series. 
What's the aspect of this that you find the most captivating, the most fascinating? All right. First of all, thank God we're getting off that game and into actual real basketball. So thank you for that. <laughs> Number two, um, I really believe the legacy conversation for this finals is such a big one. They usually are every year, as you guys know. But I, I love this one for Steph Curry for so many things. I mean, the Clay story is great, him coming back to a finals after the two-year grueling years and that big game five that he had against Dallas. I love that stuff, how emotionally he got. But there's something about Steph Curry and a potential fourth ring, and one of the pieces of hardware that's missing from his, one of the few pieces of hardware missing from his trophy case, which is the finals MVP, and what that does now for his legacy and the conversation about him and his impact on this generation and where we kind of put him in the pantheon of all-time greatness. You know, I, I, I love those conversations. I, I think top 10 in NBA history is a fluid, ever-changing thing, much like college football top 25. I, I just think there's something about it that we're never all going to agree and there's always going to be one great player who is excluded, and we can all argue about it. That's what I love about these debates. But Steph Curry, with a finals MVP and another title under his belt, I kind of feel like there's a conversation to be had there about him uh, and what his career really means in the history of the sport. Yeah, Alan, I'm with you. I don't know who's getting kicked out, but if Steph Curry wins another chip and finals MVP, he is cemented in my top 10 for sure. That's Alan Hahn, host of Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio. Alan, we appreciate a few minutes of your time. We look forward to the game tomorrow. Hopefully, Freddie Coleman doesn't pull his best Scott Forster impersonation because we know he's going to be repping tomorrow's game. But uh, good luck to you, my friend. We're rooting for you, although we don't think the outcome is going to be what you're looking for. Listen, we, we already know it's stacked against us, and we've already said if if we do win, somehow, someway, all the video will be lost. It'll never appear on any other show, and no one will talk about it. We get it. Yeah, but we're going to Instagram live it, so at least you'll have a little bit of a moment in the sun. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out here. Alan Hahn, sneaky athletic. Uh, all right. But one last one real quick. Did you think that on the on the Jay Will crossover on Keyshawn, that Keyshawn took a Stage. dive on that to get you guys thinking or not? Yes. I kind of thought he did. 100%. I kind of thought Keyshawn was taking 100%. a dive. Oh, here you go. Here, Keyshawn is 50 years old, guys. You're going to have to accept it. He's just, he just doesn't have it anymore. But it, it looks stink. Keyshawn is, Keyshawn is washed up. I have no problem saying Key is washed up. I think Ooh. I think they were trying to give yeah. you a false sense of security. Key is washed myself. up, but it doesn't matter because he's got Jay Will on his team. Look, Godspeed. Well, that's fair. And we'll be there tomorrow, <laughs> along with several medical professionals. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Alan Hahn, ladies and gentlemen. Al, we appreciate a few moments. We'll catch yeah, up with you, brother. All right, listen. I, I, I respect Alan Hahn. When I started in radio, he was my co-host. I got a lot of love for Alan Hahn. Got a lot of love for Bart Scott, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so Listen, I wouldn't have a championship ring if it wasn't for Bart Scott and the New York Jets. So I thank them for that. I thank Bart for that. It's very personal for me. I got a lot of love for those guys. I'm not against those guys. I'm not against them, Carlin. I'm not against them. I'm not against anybody. I'm against somebody dying. That's it. That's what I'm against. Listen, I'm against not having take integrity. I, and we said this a long time ago. Jay Will is the only real basketball Chris, player I, in this group of four guys that's going to be playing. In prepping for this, I went back just to remind myself. How good Jay Will was? He was the freaking Naismith and Wooden player of the year Jay, the same year. Jay Will was a dog. 
Jay Will was a dog. He and was I don't a think, dog. I don't think way. people appreciate how good Jay Will was. But we'll have plenty of time to get into more of the two on two as well as the NBA Finals coming up next. Could this be the start of another dynastic run for Golden State? Carlin and I will weigh in on it. You're listening to Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Six NBA Finals in four seasons. In eight seasons. Six NBA Finals in four seasons. I don't know what kind of math I was doing. Six NBA Finals in eight seasons. That's the run the Golden State Warriors are on right now. This is Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the CC call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And, big fella, we were talking a little bit earlier on our production meeting, and we said that this, this felt a little bit different for the Golden State Warriors, this trip to the NBA Finals, uh, in comparison to the previous five trips that they've had. And we were trying to find reasons as to why it might seem different. And for me... It's based off of the expectations. I know that there are a lot of different moving pieces with this team in comparison to the last trip they made to the finals against the Toronto Raptors. But in looking at this team coming into this season, nobody expected them to make the NBA finals. And the reason why they didn't expect them to make the finals is because Steph, Dre, and Klay Thompson, those guys weren't in the heart of their prime. They weren't, as opposed to the previous trips, where you're talking about the expectation going into the year was that they would be in the finals and they'd probably be playing against LeBron James. As a matter of fact, people were making the point, why watch the regular season when we know it's going to end with the Cavs and the Warriors facing off in the finals? That was the the storylines in the mid-2010s with Golden State. But this feels different for me because the expectation on this team wasn't to win a championship coming into this year, at least not from the media and not from the fans. Now, as far as internally, I'm sure they had championship aspirations, and that's why they have the payroll that they have. This organization has made a commitment, but it feels different because the expectation wasn't that they were going to be holding up the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of this. This is an organization that has the best culture in professional sports that we've seen over the last 15 years, and I know some of the others that we are really including in that, but it's hard to argue, uh, specifically since Steve Kerr got there, what's happened because it's been an organization that has been able to adapt in terms of personnel but bring everybody in be it a superstar like kevin durant or be it a guy that i think everybody felt like wasn't living up to his potential and andrew wiggins and has brought them in has made them a big part of what they do and, and they fit all of what they're trying to accomplish in that team mentality and 
they have made them all better than they were. And look, Durant was a great player to begin with. He went there, and we've talked about the idea of winning championships easily there, and he got knocked for it. Listen, I think if Durant had to do it over again, I'm not convinced that he would pick up and leave. Mm. I, I look at this team and why it feels different, and the reason is just what I talked about. This is not the best team that they have had, but it is the deepest team that they have had. I mean, what they've done with Wiggins has been amazing. Mm. I, I mean, not that Wiggins was terrible, but Wiggins wasn't this. He wasn't living up to being a number Absolutely one overall not. pick. And you, you, right now, you know, as you, we were talking about this last week, four guys who can go for 30 at any point, and if this was this time last year or two years ago, you would not say that about Andrew Wiggins. You would not think definitively that he was going to be able to do that. Or well, be think that about player. how they got their hands on Wiggins. Yep. They traded D'Lo, a guy that had made an all-star team because it wasn't working with the Golden State Warriors. He just wasn't a fit, yep. whether it's from a skill set standpoint or a culture standpoint or both. And they traded him for what everybody around the NBA said was a negative contract in Andrew Wiggins. And it turns out Andrew Wiggins made an all-star team. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, I mean, then, I mean that, that speaks to how he's had that turnaround. But then also when you hear the players from Golden State saying, we want this guy to shoot more. We feel like this guy has another gear. There's another notch. There's another level to Andrew Wiggins' game. The fact that everybody on the team feels that way and supports him, and that leads to the best that we've seen for Wiggins, I, I think you got to give a lot of credit to what Steve Kerr and Bob Myers have put in place. But you also have to give credit to Steph Curry, who's really the guy that sets the tone and establishes the culture for everything that Golden State does. And think about this. You've got what Jordan Poole has become, which is an outstanding player. Yeah, a guy that was in the G League a couple of years ago. Absolutely. You have got Kevon Looney, who has been a huge part of what they do, and you haven't even had James Wiseman all year. No. And and this is a team right now that I think is they, – they just understand each other. They just click so well together – and I have never seen a team that is on the verge of winning a fourth championship over this stretch of period that America basically didn't grow to hate. You know, you you love them the first time around, the second time around, but then collectively as a people, we start to hate them, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're it's hard to root for the winners. This is not a group that's difficult to root for. Not at all. Not at all. And I, for one... Said it after the Denver Nuggets series. This is a team that you have to watch because I think they can go on a championship run. Yep. Lo and behold, the Golden State Warriors are in the NBA Finals, and they're the favorites to win the NBA Finals all for the Boston Celtics. So we'll have more on the NBA Finals. That tipping off, of course, on Thursday. But coming up next, we go from the best in the NBA to the absolute worst, my Los Angeles Lakers, and what their plans for Russell Westbrook are. Could they be ready to attach a draft pick in order to move him this summer? Oof. We'll get the latest from somebody that's in the, in the know around the NBA. You're listening to Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
It's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on Twitter at Chris Carlin and at Chris Canny 99 A big week in the NBA with the NBA Finals tipping off on Thursday. For more on that and all things NBA, what we can expect this summer, we bring in ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorse and Wendy a lot going on with my Los Angeles Lakers. We we saw the hire of Darvin Ham over the course of this weekend to be their next head coach. Now we're getting reports that the Lakers are willing to attach draft pick compensation in order to move Russell Westbrook. What's the latest on the Lakers front in terms of what direction this program is going to take moving forward? I'm not sure there is as much action on them as they probably need because they need a roster makeover, and I'm not sure it's going to happen. Um you know, there's, there's, there's. I'm not saying that they can't trade Russell Westbrook, but it's going to be very hard for them to trade Russell Westbrook and make the team better. And that is why, when they had their coaching interviews that resulted in Darvin Ham getting hired, that they wanted to know what these guys' plans were if Westbrook was still on the team. Now, I don't think that. Westbrook should stay on the team. Um, in listening to the things that he said um, on his way out the door in his exit interview, it didn't sound like a guy who was willing to compromise. It made me wonder how they ever got on the same page to do the trade in the first place because if he had said some of the stuff to LeBron and Anthony Davis and the Lakers before the trade, I can't believe that um, they would have agreed. But um, I do think there's a, you know, it's one thing to say you're willing to trade a draft pick. It's another thing to, actually, you know, be willing to put in what it would take to move him in a deal that would actually get you player usable players back. So um, I think the hardest job this summer is not the head coaching hire, although that was important. I think it's piece to go to this roster because don't forget, they have like nine or ten free agents. They've only got a couple of guys under contract and they don't have a draft pick and they don't have appreciable salary cap space. The roster is the issue there. Wendy, we know what LeBron feels about being in Los Angeles, but is there anything in the way that this plays out in this offseason that makes him second-guess his situation with the Lakers? I think the real question is, come August 4th, that's a that's the day where LeBron is, is able to extend his contract. He can, he can extend for two years and around $100 million. Um, I'm sure the Lakers want to keep him. Uh, I know he wants to be in L.A. Do the moves between now and August make LeBron feel comfortable enough to commit himself for two more years? Um, not that if he doesn't sign it, it would mean he'd want out, but if, you know, if, you, if he does sign it, it, it really limits him because he can't, he's not eligible for a no-trade clause. He can't get it. So, um, you know, you would sort of lock yourself in without flexibility. So, to me, this is not only trying to improve the team, but they're kind of auditioning to, you know, make sure LeBron is secured for the for probably the last couple of years of his career. Wendy, this might be about a bit of an odd question. But for LeBron, at this juncture of his career, where does winning a championship rank in his priority list? I you know, I think he'd probably say it's still first, but his actions don't reflect that. Um, and I know he loves living in Los Angeles. He yeah. loves raising his family there. He, his, his, he likes the program that his two sons are in 
at Sierra Canyon. He 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 wants his number one focus right now. I think you know he he wants to win. Don't get me wrong, but I think he's enamored with the idea of playing with his son uh, before the end of his career in the NBA. Um, when he chose the Lakers now four years ago, um, it wasn't because he thought that was where he could win the most. There were other options out there where he could have gone, where he could have been on a winning team. The fact that they were able to assemble a team that won a championship was a huge bonus, but his legacy is secure. Now people can debate about that and everything like that, but his legacy is secure. So I think he'd love to win, but I don't think he's willing to, to tear his life to shreds to make it happen. Talking with ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst on Canty and Carlin. And Wendy, a guy coming out of college that a lot of people compared to LeBron James was Zion Williamson. And Zion now is eligible for a five-year contract extension north of $180 million. The Pelicans aren't going to guarantee him that whole deal. Can you tell us a little bit more about what the expectation is around the NBA on how this is going to play out? Yeah, everybody's going to be watching this. Um, because it's it's very comparable to Joel Embiid. Uh, you know, people talk about how Zion's only played, you know, you know, I think it's in the eight, like eighty some games. Yeah. Joel Embiid played even fewer his first three years. He had even more injuries. He he showed a lot of promise, but he was never All NBA level like uh, like Zion was in the one healthy year that he had. And so when Zion came, or when uh, when Embiid came to this exact moment, the Sixers said, look, we want to invest in you and reward you. But we have to protect ourselves. And they signed a contract that was not fully guaranteed, that if Embiid had gotten hurt again, would have protected the team long term. Still guaranteed him a lot of money. Um, and, but Embiid was totally in on the, on the, uh, on the Sixers program. He, nicknamed, he was very happy to have the nickname of the process. Um, and by the way, it worked out. Not only did he get all the money, but he subsequently extended for $250 million, and that's all guaranteed. So uh, that's the kind of structure I believe that the Pelicans are going to want from Zion. They're willing to give Zion a contract that's going to guarantee him a ton of money. But this organization, and it's been pointed out to me that the people making the decision on this deal are NFL people. They, the, 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 the team is the, is the Saints organization first the pelicans operate rightly or wrongly as an offshoot of this new orleans Saints, and the new orleans saints would never give a player like zion that kind of guaranteed money and i just don't think that the pelicans will this summer either and so the question is does zion sign something that guarantees him a lot of money and protects the team or does he say look you got to guarantee me all of it because if if that is the position he takes i don't think they're going to have a contract and if they don't have a contract then we're going to have some drama beginning in the fall and I'm sure a lot of other teams around the NBA are hoping that the latter is the case. Wendy, we appreciate a few minutes of your time. We'll talk to you again soon, my friend. Enjoy your day. All Thanks, right. Wendy. That's ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst giving you the latest around the NBA. Coming up next, the slap hurled round the world and well, how fantasy football had the part to play in it. You're listening to Kenny Carlin. <laughs> no, not that one. We got another one. Kenny Carlin, ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, Carlin and big fella, it's always football season. And by that, I mean players in Major League Baseball getting their fantasy football lineups ready to go. Well, we had a fisticuffs, so to speak, this weekend during batting practice before the Reds and the Giants game where Tommy Pham from the Cincinnati Reds and Jock Peterson from the San Francisco Giants got into it because the two of them are in a fantasy football league together and the IR designation became a point of contention. Now, I think this has to be a sleeper league if that's a big point of contention that they had and that's a part of the beef. But needless to say, Tommy Pham took it upon himself to express his displeasure and what Jock Peterson was doing and decide to pull his best Will Smith impersonation and <laughs> slap the taste out of Jock Peterson's mouth, resulting in a three-game suspension for Tommy Pham. Now, the only question I have for you, Carlin, is how did the conversation between Tommy Pham and his wife go when he finally told her that he was going to be suspended for the next three games and his check for the next couple of weeks was going to be a little bit light because he had a beef with fantasy football? Well, I can tell you this. I, I know some players, some some baseball players over the years who have been involved in some of the fe- their own fantasy football leagues. And these are not leagues where you win a couple hundred bucks. These guys are playing for big time money mm-hmm. and there are like there will be three or four rookies who will combine to be in on one team like that's how much it costs for them to join it so if you're trying to explain it to your wife well all right this might cost us 30 grand but mm, i had a chance to win a hundred grand if i won that league <laughs> and she'd be like yeah okay you know there's listen 30's not bad i i I'm not going to sit here and tell you I get it. I've yeah. never seen actual fisticuffs break out, but I've seen some nasty, nasty email exchanges over, over you know, whether it's waiver claims or anything like that. I've seen it get ugly. Yeah. I've seen it. Have you ever been in a fantasy football league? I have been in a fantasy football league at this station with ESPN, radio network, and the different shows. I see fantasy football was a phenomenon that really became big once I was done playing. Okay. So I didn't have a chance to get involved with it in the guys in my locker room. But there were some guys that, you know, what I played with that were big on playing cards and gambling in the back of the plane. And that was a thing. And there would be a lot of heated arguments. Mm. So much so that once upon a time, Bill Parcells had to had to ban playing cards in the back of the plane just because it was going down the road and starting to fight in the locker room. But I could never imagine that fantasy football would take this turn and affect professional athletes in this way. Oh, I, I absolutely could, especially when that level of money is on the line. And it's Tommy Pham. It's not exactly a megastar. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the CC call-in line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And, big fella, we have some more news coming out of the Bay Area over over this weekend. And this is on a more serious note. And it's in regard to San Francisco Giants manager Gabe Kepler, 
who decided that he was going to protest in the wake of what happened in Evaldi, Texas, the school shooting that claimed the lives of 19 children and two other teachers. And Gabe Kepler made it very public, the fact that he was no longer going to come out for the national anthem because he felt like what this country stood for and where we were as a country in terms of protecting our, our citizens from senseless mass shootings, there was a little bit of a conflict with that. And he had an issue with it, and he said he didn't want to come out for the national anthem in protest of what was going on in the wake of the mass shootings that had taken place in Buffalo and in Texas and and countless others. Uh, And so we saw on Memorial Day that Gabe Kepler decided that he was going to pause his protest and take part in the national anthem because of what Memorial Day stood for. Do you have any issue with what Gabe Kepler did in terms of pausing his protest of the national anthem to honor the servicemen and women that lost their lives to defend our freedoms, our liberties? First of all, I the fact that he has been doing this, I applaud him. And it's not because of his particular action or anything like it. But the, the, I think that what always gets lost is that the actual freedom that exists to do what Gabe Kapler is doing is what everybody fights to protect. Mm. And that, I I always feel like, gets lost whenever you get into these kind of political debates. We're actually all on the same side with the fact that you can go and say and do all of this because of freedom of speech and and all of it. So collectively keep that in mind. Mm. I thought what Gabe Kapler did in backing off yesterday was just purely out of respect. I think I think people on both sides no matter what he did were going to uh absolutely hammer him for it. If he decided that he was going to continue to do it, there would have been outrage all over the place. There yeah. there it would have been absolutely everywhere. Can you believe he's not doing this for all the people who serve for this country and all that? When in actuality that's not his message at all. If he didn't do it, He's showing respect to that, but he's bailing out for a day on what he was doing it for. I don't think he could win either way. That's the point. Mm. So I actually did not have a problem with him stepping back and saying, for today, to show respect to all of those who have laid down their lives for our country, I'm going to do this. But at the same time, there is something very wrong, and I will continue to show what I believe through my own acts of protest. I have, I, I really thought Gabe Kapler handled it reasonably well, but I know a lot of people don't feel that way. No, there's no doubt about it. And the thing that I would ask, Carlin, is that if he did decide not to partake in the national anthem. And let's keep this in mind. There's a very big difference between what Gabe Kepler is doing and what Colin Kaepernick did. Kaepernick kneeled during the national anthem. Gabe Kepler is not coming out of the clubhouse during the national anthem. So he's not visible. He's not around. And there are other managers around Major League Baseball that don't come out during the national anthem. Now, they say that they're caught up in game planning and all those other things. They're busy before the game. They're not out there. But Gabe Kapler, let it be known, because he was out there for the national anthem, that he would no longer be partaking in the anthem because he was protesting what was happening in this country with mass shootings and how we were dealing with it. My question to you is, and my question to anybody 
that would criticize Gabe Kepler if indeed he did stay in the clubhouse during the Nash Dave Kepler, if he did stay in the dugout or in the clubhouse during the national anthem would be, is he disrespecting the memory of our service men and women that lost their lives if he doesn't participate in the anthem in protest of what we're doing around mass shootings? Well, but, all that matters is the perception at that point. Sure, and I get it. Perception does become reality at some point, and you don't want the message behind your protest to get co-opted or politicized, but we're dealing with a highly political issue. And to that end, Carlin, we're talking about 19 children that lost their lives. Our service men and women sacrificed their lives to protect the freedoms, the liberties of those young people. 19 children that won't be able to realize their hopes and dreams. Families left in shambles. One of the two teachers who passed away, her husband dying days later from a heart attack. The family said it was a broken heart. What about their freedoms? What about their liberties? Yep. And I think that's the message that continues to get driven home if Gabe Kepler stays the course with his Gabe Kepler stays the course with his protest as opposed to hitting the pause button on it for one day. Because as we know, when it comes to protests during the national anthem, it's going to be uncomfortable. And that's the whole point, Carlin. Well it's he, to force let, everybody let, to think. Let, let's be clear. Would any of us have even known about it if he didn't say something last week? Probably not. No. Nobody would have noticed that yeah. Gabe Kapler wasn't out there, and that's why. So he wanted to make the statement with it. And, okay, so if that's the case, if you want to go ahead and continue to do it, he is fully aware of whatever reaction he's going to get either way. Fully aware. And I respect his decision to go and do this because... Frankly, something has to be done. It It's absolutely ridiculous where we are on that front. But at, at the same time, um, you know, does it show that he's kind of bailing out on it? I don't know. You, I can't sit here and tell you you don't make all salient points because you absolutely do. Mm-hmm. They are 100% accurate and, and more than fair because I don't know what you tell those families at this point. But if you if you have decided that you're going to put yourself in that situation, then you have to accept everything that comes with it. Yeah. So if he decided to go ahead and protest, if he kept doing it, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. I think he did it because he, this is not politically correct to say, so to speak. If I'm guessing, he probably thought like it would be less controversial if he showed up on Memorial Day but then went back and and kept doing it after the fact. And that's not if, – if that is the reason, that's not the right way to go about that's it. That's not the right way to go about it. And further to your point, Carlin, it makes me feel like he didn't think this all the way through when he decided to initiate his, sure protest, his protest last yeah, week. I am sure he – there in no way did he think, oh, Memorial Day is next week. Yeah. I, I am. I guarantee. Exactly. In no way did he think of that. No, and that's why if you're going to go down that road, it needs to be something that you're firmly entrenched in a position that you're not going to move off of, because the consistency and one of the things we talk about a lot on this show, the integrity of your protest depends on taking that hard line stance and not moving off of it until you see the change that you want implemented. And the fact is, we we're no closer now today than we were last week when it comes to putting in measures uh, to protect our citizens 
from these mass shootings with individuals that have assault rifles and all of those things. No matter where you come down on it, this is an epidemic that we're facing in this country when it comes to gun violence. And if you're Gabe Kepler, you've got to stay the course with this format of protest. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.